the financial situation at home got so tenuous that my father a couple of times took my little part-time after-school paychecks to pay a few bills while he was waiting for some things to come in. And that had just a profound impact on me. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, financial grown-up friends. I like to joke that it is never too young to grow up financially, but I'm rethinking that a bit. And that is because my guest Ambition redefined author Catherine Solomon got a rude awakening when her comfortable upper middle class suburban life was interrupted by the harsh financial reality of a change in her family's financial situation. More on that in just a minute. First, a quick welcome to everyone. If you are new, so glad you found us. Please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming episodes and go into custom settings and set to auto download while you are there. It will make our day if you leave a quick review. Now to Catherine Solomon. Love her book, Ambition Redefined, but I will warn you, she makes some controversial arguments. And while I do see her point, and she does a lot of research, there's a lot of data to back up everything she says, there is a lot of discussion about her perspective. And stay to the end, we will be giving away a signed copy of Ambition Redefined. Here is Catherine Solomon. Catherine Salman, you are a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I love your new book. Congratulations on it. It is Ambition Redefined, Why the Corner Office Doesn't Work for Every Woman and What to Do Instead. It's like you read my mind, Catherine. Yeah. We're in an era of women's empowerment which is great. And we need to have a woman president and we need to have more women running corporations. But that's very small percentage of women overall who want those kind of jobs. Absolutely. And I do want to just mention, this is very important for men as well, because men are huge stakeholders in this issue because they have so much at stake when it comes to not only whether their women partners, their sisters, their mothers, their daughters work, but also the income that they generate, because that can be a big factor when things don't go as planned, which brings us to your money story, which does have to do with your father and what happened and the impact on the rest of the family and the role that your mother had to play then in the family finances. Tell us your money story, Catherine. I grew up in a very affluent community. My father was working in a big executive job in New York City. When I was in middle school, he lost that big job and he never fully recovered professionally. This then sent my mother, who was a former teacher, back to work. And she hadn't worked in more than 20 years. Wow. So, you know, she had some fits and starts, but over time was able to reinvent herself to be an English as a second language teacher. But that wasn't really enough to keep the household going. So there was a tremendous amount of financial stress in the household. 
The financial situation at home got so tenuous that my father a couple of times took my little part-time after-school paychecks to pay a few bills while he was waiting for some things to come in. And that had just a profound impact on me. What was your job? It was a company called the Danbury Mint. I guess I was uh, like an administrative assistant. And what kind of conversations did you have with your father or with your parents at this time? You know, it was a difficult environment because I felt like everything was always on pins and needles. And, you know, I was young and it's not like I could have given my father advice. I was just kind of a victim. Well, what about your mother? How did she feel? Did you talk to her? Did she have regrets about having left the workforce? At the time, as you say, it was a different time. Did she feel she even had had options not to leave the workforce? She felt a little powerless. And she said that to me. She said, make sure that you always work because money is power. Not only in a relationship can money be power, but she said it's important that you have that power to support yourself and your family. I remember when she got one of her first big paychecks, she was very excited about being back to work and she bought herself a watch. I remember my father was very, very upset that she had bought that watch for herself because he felt like he should have bought it for her. What is the takeaway from your story for our listeners? You know, women really need to be sure that they're not delegating their financial security to a partner because even when things seem like they're going so well, you've got to realize that no job has a lifetime guarantee. The second thing is that women should always find a, a way to work in a flexible way, which in some circles is very controversial. Women live longer than men. They typically earn and save less. And it's very difficult to return to the workforce and recoup lost earnings when you've been out of the workforce for many years. And women are out for an average of 12 years. If you feel like you have a moral obligation to be with your children 24-7, you've got to realize that if you ran out of money late in life, you would then, in fact, burden those very same children, which is basically what happened to me, you know, when my father took a couple of my paychecks. And, you know, fast forward, that's the same man who's not prepared for retirement and still alive at 89. You know, at some point, he is going to run out of money and it's going to be my problem. All right, let's move on to the everyday money tip, which is also very important for women to have a sense of the contribution that they are making because in some cases, many cases, they are not the primary breadwinner, but it is important to really understand that there is a significant contribution being made financially and you have a way to do that. What I always say is look at how much money you're bringing in each year and attach it to something. It could be two family vacations. It could be 50% or 100% of a, of a college tuition bill, a, a child's braces, you know, whatever it is, so that you can then say, okay, well, I covered that. that. My money went to that. If you just put it all in the pot, it seems like your money is going to nothing or nothing significant. Right. 
and that's the way to to make yourself feel better, but also to, you know, as my mother was saying, to exert a little power <laughs> into the relationship and say, you know, I'm contributing too. This isn't just your ball game. Right, which is very important because it makes it a lot more tangible. Let's talk about Ambition Redefined. I love this book. It's so relatable. And there's a lot of truths in this that are not always spoken about, one of which is the fact that just because you are working flexible hours and sometimes part-time hours does not mean you are earning less money or that you should settle for less money if you have the earning power in the market to earn more money. Yeah, it's absolutely true. A large percentage of freelancers earn more money than they were making in their full-time jobs within a year. I was just speaking to a woman who had a full-time job with absolutely no flexibility. She needed more flexibility. She left and she found another job where she is working three days a week and she's working closer to home. She um, got rid of the commute. And she's making 60% more than she was in the full-time job. So it's a question of finding the right job that values your skills. You also talk about something called a type E. And this is important because I know a lot of our listeners are very interested in having their own business and being entrepreneurs. But it's important to make sure that's the right fit for you. That's right. You know, when you're thinking about flexibility, well, what could be more flexible than being your own boss? So I find that lots of women think about, you know, have these Walter Mitty dreams of, of starting this business or that business. The fact is that you have to be the entrepreneurial profile. And the entrepreneurial profile is working 24-7 because there's nobody else to make this business work other than you, especially in the early stages before you might hire people. The other thing is that you have to wear so many hats. So if you, you have a dream to be a marketing consultant and you really love marketing, well, you might love that marketing discipline, but you probably or you may not love sales. And any job, any uh, business that you develop, you've got to be a salesperson. And lots of people thinking about um, having their own business will tell me, well, I don't, I don't like sales. I've never wanted to be a salesperson. Everything is sales though, right? Everything is sales. <laughs> You've got to be selling yourself, your product, your service constantly. So you can't say you don't like sales. And you can't say that you don't like financial stuff and numbers because you've got to work the numbers for your business. You've got to figure out how you're going to fund your business, you know, even if it's a very small business. Tell us more about where people can find out more information about you, your book, and all your social channels so we can follow you. Uh, you can read more about my book on my website, katherinesalman.com, and Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram can all be found under Katherine Salman. Wonderful. Thank you, Katherine. Thank you. So great to be with you. Hey everyone, as I mentioned at the top, Catherine is very tough in her stance on the fact that women must always earn money. And that comes from personal experience. But still, financial grown-up tip number one, no judging. Catherine makes her point very well. She did her homework. It's a really well-researched book. And I live by most of her advice already in my own life. 
But part of being a financial grown-up is understanding that there is a human element to money and an emotional element to the decisions that we make and all the decisions that go around our financial lives. Everyone faces different situations. And there may be many seasons in one's life when a regular paycheck or earning power is just not as important as other things. Don't get me wrong. We must all be vigilant about financial security. But let's not judge if someone makes a decision that from the outside doesn't look good. Sometimes, by the way, it may look like somebody's choosing not to work or not to earn money, but in fact, they may be trying and just not have been that successful. Be a friend. Financial grown-up tip number two. One idea in Catherine's book that I loved was not to worry so much about work-life balance, but to focus on blending. Maybe don't put pressure on yourself to turn off communication with work the minute you get home. It may work for some people, but it's okay if you give your child a bath, for example, and then you take a work call, and then you do story time, and maybe your kid stays up a little later than you wanted or whatever. Do what works for you to maintain your career path And by the way, it is more than okay for your kids to know that you have other responsibilities and that paying attention to those other responsibilities may help pay, literally, for the fun things that you do together, like your next vacation. Put them on your team. Include them. Let them know that their good behavior and understanding when you have to do some work, even when it's supposed to be their time, helps the whole family. Catherine very generously sent along a signed copy of her book, Ambition Redefined, why the corner office doesn't work for every woman and what to do instead for one lucky listener. To win, all you have to do is DM me with your takeaway from the episode. You can do it on Instagram at BobbyRebel1, on Twitter at BobbyRebel, or you can even email us at hello at financialgrownup.com. That is hello at financialgrownup.com. I love talking to Catherine. She has so much value to add to this conversation. I hope everyone checks out her book, Ambition Redefined. And thank you, Catherine, for helping us all get one step closer to being financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.